Sports Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. It sounds like a red rifle kind of afternoon on Sunday in Seattle. Mac and Bone with you. Uh, Darren Gann on Panthers.com saying Bryce unlikely to play. He didn't practice yesterday. He's not in a boot. He's moving. He moves so well they made him walk. And I still cannot believe this. That they had the franchise quarterback bone with an ankle injury. Walk from the locker room, from the stadium, all the way over to the practice field. It is just it's yeah, the it's, honest thing. It doesn't, it just, it doesn't. I, I was yelling at tinfoil people the other day, but it's things like this that, that gives them ammo. <laughs> Mac, do you want to hear on the text line 704-570-9610 what Allen from Fort Mill thinks happened? What's that? They put Bryce in a stretch machine to try to grow him to be taller, and he got injured when they, when they, when they pulled him out of it. Oh, they, they pulled, pulled him his ankle by, too hard. They pulled him by the legs, and they got an ankle injury. Out I, like I like that theory. I like that theory, comes, What if Bryce comes back in a week or so, six foot two? Oh, my God. <laughs> they got him on the stretch machine. I'm dying. I am dying. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... I, I We said this last hour, so some of y'all are pro- probably heard the spiel or whatever. Uh, some of you have probably heard enough of us. But seven o'clockers that are just joining, like, Joe Person seemed to phrase it in a good way in his article on The Athletic, where it's like they're being cautious. Like, there's something wrong with the ankle. It's far from something that's major, hence him walking all the way out there. Um, not having a boot on also as well. Not walking with a limp at all in the video Joe Person had. So um, could be one of these where it's like, eh, it's a short week. We could have you ready to play, but we got a hell of a veteran here that might be able to go out there and spark something. You might be able to get a different perspective. The only thing is, Bone, and I hate to do this, man. Oh, no. I hate to do this because we got to at some point focus on Red Rifle. What's he going to do? Can we win? You were talking about all the injuries and the opportunity we have. Don't go Mulder. Don't go, are we going Mulder and Scully on this whole thing again? No, 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 no. Okay, no. all right. Just Let's just say Andy Dalton goes out there and we win the game and say the passing offense looks by far the best it had. That, that wouldn't be hard, right? But say he throws for 250, two tutties, no picks, and we win the game. What do you do next week if you're Frank Reich? Like, is Bryce definitely back in? Yeah, Bryce has to, Bryce has to be the guy. You've, you've invested too much. Now, that would be a huge win for what they need right now. But, I, I yeah, I think you're. I think Bryce, this is why I was wondering where people were like, they're, they're benching Bryce. Well, what for how long? Like, Bryce is still their dude. So, Andy plays this week. I don't, I don't think, based off of it not appearing to be that serious, I would be surprised if Bryce sat again, regardless of result. We could also argue that maybe it's not like so serious where if he was in his fifth year in the league and a pro bowl quarterback that he would sit out too. You know what I mean? Like I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's this Bryce young is a young quarterback dealing with a lot for as good of a processor as he is for as advanced as he is really as a kid for that age and maturity wise, it's still a lot to deal with as you enter the national football league and it didn't go as well the first couple of weeks, he's probably taken aback a little bit because how many times in his life as a quarterback back has it not gone very well? So he's already dealing with a lot of stuff being thrown at him, the struggles. The ankle probably is hurt. But I wonder if for this week, they said, with all he's dealing with, with the adjustment that he's having to go to Seattle 
and face that team and deal with all that you have to deal with on the road as a young quarterback and an ankle injury on top of that, that's a lot for a young player. We don't want him to have to worry about the ankle and all the stuff you have to do on the road as a quarterback. That's what I think it might be. That the ankle is bothering him to and a point. And then they bring him back against that stinky Minnesota defense at home. Yes. Maybe. You know, yes. a little easier like I'm environment. Saying and he also, uh, I'll bring up I don't some, think it's a fake injury. I just wonder if it's one of those things where it's no, like. No, there's an injury. I don't want, I don't want, they don't want him to have to worry about that on top, playing with an injury, on top of all the other stuff he's trying to figure there's out. There's an injury, but how severe is it if there's no boot on it? He's been ruled out on Thursday. They didn't even take this to Friday, Straight. Saturday, any of that. And uh, if he, if if the team says, yeah, you're okay to go ahead and walk all the way over there to the to the practice field, it's just it seems like there's an injury. But yeah, maybe there's a as your person put it, a cautiousness here with the whole situation. I, the only reason I ask you that question, Bone, is because you know what's going to happen if Andy Dalton balls out, albeit against the Seattle secondary that had four starters miss practice yesterday. Um, if he balls out, you know what's happening. Oh, 100%. You know what's happening. 100%. And I understand it, you know, if the offense looks better with Dalton. I come back to this, and I got blasted by some of y'all for saying this yesterday. My fellow Panther brothers and sisters, and some of y'all were going at me. I made the comment yesterday, Bone, and I don't know how it's going to fly with the 7 o'clock Panther crowd. I said that, to me, I care more about developing Bryce than wins and losses right now. Like, I want to win the game, and I do see the merits of having a veteran in there in Seattle like you're talking about. And I do think it's very possible that we're better off in this particular game with Dalton. Just because he's been there, done that, he's seen it, he's seen situations, whatever. But, like, I want to get, I'm like you, I want to get Bryce right back out there and develop him. Because to me, I've now, I've had my whole system shook. I've gone from completely feeling like, hey, we can get 10 wins this year, to going back to rebuild mindset. And I'm more worried about next year. What's Bryce like next year? How good can we be next year with Bryce? Whereas if Dalton gets on a roll, and I already said it, Minnesota's defense isn't that good. But if Dalton wins two in a row, then you keep like you know what I mean. Eventually, you're going to have to keep playing Dalton. And I just I would rather develop Bryce and take our lumps now. I think we are better off in year two and year three of Bryce's career if we just take some lumps now. But I said that yesterday, Bone, and Panther fans, you would have thought I insulted some Panther mothers out there. You know what I mean? Like, people were mad about that. And I, don't like, wa- I don't want fans coming at you like that. 704-570-9610 at Mac WFNZ on social media. Mac, I have my uh, bony booker receipts here, by the way, also. Because if you recall, I went on a pretty epic rant Back in the springtime when Panther Nation, a large member of a large number uh, and members of Panther Nation. Did I just say large member of Panther Nation? That sounds that sounded. Hey, really I mean, there are there are large members. That sounds, certainly. Save that drop. There are <laughs> save that for sound. Wow, that, that went off the rails. No. <laughs> Remember, Mac, when Panther Nation freaked out because they thought Andy Dalton was going to be the starting quarterback for the entire football season. Yeah. And I screamed, he's a backup, high level backup. Are some people, Mac, if he plays well on Sunday, going to be the people that freaked out when they thought he was going to be the starting Probably. quarterback initially? Probably. I got my bony book of receipts. I'm trying Somebody to move, got on. A receipt trying on, to move on from Finder's member comment. Somebody, yeah, that was that receipts. was a little d- unintentionally dirty there. Receipts. I'm going to say CVS. Um, someone's got a receipt on you. Which, what's that about? Someone got a CVS receipt on you, Bone. <laughs> Uh-oh. D- uh, Mac, Bone was going off on Twitter just two days ago that people like me in a tinfoil hat. Because we thought they were sitting Bryce 
just to give him a little bit of a mental rest. Yeah, and nope. I'll be damned if tinfoil nope. bone ain't Wrong. saying the same thing today. Wrong. <laughs> you, you, you can shove that receipt off an orifice. Here's the, here's, here's the problem. It's aggressive. Here's the problem. I, th- I was going off on the people that think they just faked an injury. That there, th- that was the, that was the initial thing. They thought they were just making up an injury. That's what I'm, they're not doing. That was my point. They're not like Bryce or Engelhart. You're sitting out. You're getting benched. That was the point. There's a legitimate injury. We can weigh but probably not severe. Like they probably could play. Him. But I was mad. Right. Yeah, like, I was, is that what we're thinking? I was I guess, mad I at the people that think they just made an org- a decision that, hey, he's got an ankle injury. They didn't, Here's the legitimate that, that's question. That's what I was mad about. So yeah. take that receipt, twist it sideways, and shove it. Here's a legitimate question because – like you brought up the veteran, if he was a five-year guy in the league, whatever, he would probably play. What if he was burning it up out there first two games? Like he came out, he threw for like six hundred yards. I kind of think he'd be, he'd be I out there. I kind of think right? he'd be playing. Yes, but I don't know. This we're all, we're all speculating. Like I don't want anybody to think we know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't like. We're all speculating here, but I don't know. Like just. Re- Seeing the way he was walking yesterday, seeing no boots, seeing the fact that they literally had him walk over, I don't know. And then reading Joe Person's article about this is a cautious approach, it's kind of hit me that maybe there is an injury, but it's kind of like, eh, don't rush yourself back. But there is, you know what I mean? There is an injury. Uh, That's that's the point. There is an injury. The guy is hurt. To what level? To what Mac is saying, Who knows? I, we don't it's know. not like we his ankle is going to get removed here. We I don't know. By the way, that would be a Mac Hurst, by the way. Guy gets his ankle removed. We got to move now, Flown, to the next thing Ooh. that'll get bone agitated. Uh, the next uh, angle on this. Do you I have, guess. you've got the thing with Luke DeCock, right? On, from Bailey Show? Uh, or, do you, or do I I could paraphrase it if we don't have the actual audio. I, I have not been able to track it down okay. just yet. All right, I'm driving. Um, I'm listening to KB yesterday. He was back on the air. It was great to hear him back on the air. And I, I hate what his family, you know, went through with the pup and everything. Because I've been there, man. I know how that feels. So I feel for him. I feel for him, man. That devastates. But I'm listening to him. And he's talking to Luke DeCock. And the show's going great. I'm loving it. And then Luke DeCock drops in. Well, this, I wonder if this lends credence. I'm paraphrasing, right? Oh, no. wonder if this lends credence to the questions about his durability. And he says, yeah, it's not a shoulder, you know, or something that you would like say, you know, it's an ankle. Everybody could have an ankle injury. But he goes, I wonder if this is how it starts, the body not holding up in the NFL. And I saw some of that on Twitter, too. And I'm like, we can't do that with an ankle injury, can we? He's legitimately Steph Curry. He legitimately, <laughs> they compared him to Steph in the offseason, and now he's got an ankle injury, and is it going to hold up? I do not buy that at all. And that goes into my theory, Mac, that – what would the narrative be if things were different and the Panthers drafted Richardson and he got injured at the end of game one, which he did not seriously, but he was down where it's like, Oh my God. And then he gets a concussion in game two. If we had Richardson here, Mac, and he got injured in both games, one's a concussion in game two. How bad would the collective freak out be about Anthony Richardson's durability here based off of Cam getting injured? So, but you're Richardson. not buying the ankle. No, that's not. I, I just no, think no. anybody can have an ankle injury. Plus, no. we really don't even know how severe it is, honestly, when you look at him. Pat Mahomes gets um, ankle injuries every single season. Concussion. The problem with concussions, and we saw it with Dan Morgan here. We saw it with Luke Keekley here. Concussions, for lack of a better phrase, kind of breed concussions. Right. Like, you know, doctors will tell you you're more the more you get them, you're more apt to get another one. And Anthony Richardson plays a style 
And this is what I was saying pre-draft, that I'd be more worried about Anthony Richardson's injuries. He had more in high school and college than Bryce did. And he plays a style where Bryce wants to avoid the hits, right? Anthony Richardson welcomes him. He says, thank you, sir, may I have another. Like he, a matter of fact, I'll take it even a step further. Andy Richards is going to hit you. Yes. Right? It's very Cam-esque. So, and he's already been injured in both his two games. So, yeah, I would be more worried as a Colts fan about the injuries of Anthony Richardson than I would about Bryce's durability, honestly. But I also will concede Anthony Richardson has flashed more than Bryce Young. I'm not, you know what I mean? Not so much of a homer, I can't admit that, damn, he was doing some good things you, when he was out there. You can get past an ankle injury, a concussion in game number two of his career. Mac, you only have so many of those with what we know now about him. I'm not, I hope he's all right for sure, but, you know, a concussion in game two with the way that he plays, that to me, if he was here, that would be the, the talk of the entire week, I guess, right? Yeah. And we, do we, have, we, we would have a great quarterback, potentially, how long is he going to be healthy for, though? That would be that narrative. The ankle injury for Bryce Young, I, it's not something I'm long-term concerned about. Um, uh, Pfeiffer12 says, you guys are missing the point. Reich's getting Dalton to suck worse than Bryce, so fans want Bryce again. I'm not sure that's the way it's how it's going to play out. Like, I love Bryce. I believe we got to get him back in the lineup soon. I believe he just needs to learn on the job. I still believe he's our future at quarterback. But I'm not so sure that that we're not bad. like I think we're better with Andy Dalton in the micro like in just the 4:30 to 7:30 in Seattle on Sunday. I think we are because he has experienced it. He's had games when receivers only get a little bit of separation. He's been under pressure. He's played in places like Seattle. Not that Bryce did in college, but he's played in a place like Seattle against NFL players. So, I don't know. Like we'll talk about it later like what we expect with Dalton on the field. I mean, do we hit a deep ball with Dalton on the field that maybe we wouldn't hit? Hey, you whoa, know? whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. Hey, hey. Let's not get crazy here, okay? <laughs> do you agree I with said me? a deep ball, all right? All, all right, two, do you agree? Although two would be really nice, Rifle. Two I, would be nice. I got in an argument with our listener, Salvador, on Twitter the other day. Mag, I want your thoughts on this. He said that I, I said Andy Dalton, the best backup in the league, at least the most accomplished. If you go through the depth chart of backups, not many dudes have that that pedigree as a starter. That, oh, he didn't win a playoff game. Well, go look at the list of second-unit quarterbacks right now and tell me that Andy Dalton's not the most accomplished almost of all of them. He said that he's not a good backup quarterback. He would rather have Zach Wilson or Mitchell Trubisky. That is some, back that's some Panther poppycock right there. That's what that is. Put, the, put down put down but, the pipes. There was one. It's not just you saying this. There was there was one national. Remember they rank everything in the offseason? Oh, yeah. There was one national rankings that actually had Andy Dalton the number one backup in the league. Like, I, I don't know if people like know how good he was in New Orleans last year. 96 QB rating, 19 touchdowns, like eight picks. Yeah, he was really solid. Now, he had, you know, a player like Alave that he didn't have here. He, you know, had a guy like Kamara. He had some weapons, but um, I think Andy Dalton's going to do. It's funny, so, so like some people are hating on Dalton, some people are hating on Bryce, some people are hating on both. Some people think Dalton's going to be like, you know, Peyton Manning in his prime this weekend. Like we're all over the place as Panther fans right now. We're, we're all the, we're all all over the place. Jake Luton fans will be appearing <laughs> at some point too. By the way, Matt, uh, Andy Dalton's nicknamed the Red Rifle. All right, the red I've rifle. I've been getting it right, haven't I? Today, yeah, I on Twitter called him the red rocket. I yesterday. did that Apparently before. That's a, that's a dog, uh, <laughs> a dog, a dog uh, situation. Yeah, I, I got right. it right today, though. Yeah, you got it right. No, I got, I got it way wrong. Ooh, oh boy, oh my. 
listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you sharing your time with us. We'll be with you until 3 p.m. Kyle Bailey will uh, Kyle Bailey will take you the rest of the way. I don't know why I put a P on his last name, but it's Kyle Bailey for those of you that don't know. He'll be with you from 3 to 6 p.m. here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And it's time to go to a segment we launched this football season, the Game Day Dubs, going into the weekend since the letter W has infiltrated the show like no other letter has Wes Walker WFNZ we decided to ask who what where when why for each of these Carolina Panthers games that we get to going into the weekend and as always Wes let's start with the who if you look at injury reports for the Carolina Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks pretty extensive list Panthers you have more long-term injuries Seattle they just got a bunch of names on the injury report Charles Cross, Will Disley, D.K. Metcalf, Kobe Bryant, cornerback, different Kobe Bryant, Julian Love, Jaron Reed, Tariq Woolen, Quadre Diggs, I'm not done, Damian Lewis, Jordan Brooks, Phil Haynes. All of those players did not practice yesterday. Not limited participants, but they, none of them, none of them participated. Now, Jordan Brooks, it was his, uh, he was a resting player, but everything else, everybody else is suffering an injury. So with all those names on the injury report, Wes, and you look at the Carolina Panthers, we know about their injuries that they've suffered. You can pick from either team. What do you think is the biggest injury that either one of these teams have suffered? Man, goodness gracious. Um, hmm. I think the low-hanging fruit would be Bryce Young, obviously. But uh, I'm going to go with my own selfish reasons here. And I'm going to go with DK Metcalf if he is not able to go because he's on my fantasy team. But also going to go with DK Metcalf because uh, he's a big receiver. And we're talking about Carolina not having J.C. Horn. We know the, the matchup that happened up in Seattle last year and the fact that uh, J.C. Horn has being the bigger corner, being able to step up and be able to guard a guy like that. And I think that hurts Seattle uh, a ton because we know Geno, and this is a team that likes to throw it all over the yard. We spoke yesterday about how Kenneth Walker III hasn't gotten off quite yet as far as having that big game that people are looking for from him. Seattle likes to throw the rock. Missing a guy like DK Metcalf is certainly uh, going to hurt in an offensive league. Part of me wants to go with Charles Cross. An offensive tackle that was in that same class where Icky was taken sixth overall by the Carolina Panthers. But they won the game that he didn't play. 
So he has turf toe. He's week to week right now. That's what he's listed currently. I do think Charles Cross against a hopefully healthy Brian Burns, who's also dealing with an injury right now. Mm -hmm. You would think Brian healthy would be able to take advantage of what is an injured left tackle for that Seattle, for that Seattle offensive line. I think that would be a pretty big injury, but I can't help with, you know, JC Horn seems to be the guy for me, Wes. I think JC's the guy. So if DK Metcalf plays, I think you're right. It's going to hurt the Carolina Panthers, or it, it, it's going to hurt Seattle if he doesn't. It's going to hurt Carolina if he does. But J.C. Horn had a nice game against D.K. Metcalf last year. And without that big-bodied cornerback, even as we talk about the lack of separation for the top receivers in the league, there's actually some big names up there. Even if even if they're not getting separation, they're still being productive. D.K. Metcalf is going to be a big enough body where he can box out C.J. Henderson. Certainly can do that against the much smaller Dante Jackson if those guys are lined up against one another. So not having JC for this game in a passing attack that you are very scared of with Geno Smith, with Tyler Lockett, with a healthy DK Metcalf. JC Horn in this one, I think, is going to be a big deal. Yeah, this is the first kind of... I do like Derek Carr, obviously, but Geno Smith, we know the year that he came off of last year, still looks to be putting up gaudy numbers this year. This is a passing game that's really going to test you because New Orleans, they they tested the Panthers in some ways, but their offensive line, a little limited, so they tried to make sure that they ran the ball uh, efficiently and tried to run it often. And so when you talk about the Seattle Seahawks, their main objective is going to be able to or trying to move the ball through the air. So, yeah, I can agree with you that the J.C. Horn injury for sure is going to show up even more in a game like this. Um, also, Jaron Reed, too, just uh, starting defensive tackle for them. If, the, if that guy knows tackle, if that guy's hurt, then mm-hmm. I wonder if the offensive, the guards, the interior offensive line that has struggled so much, maybe they can get a break if they're not going up against somebody that they clearly value. That guy is as tough as a boiled owl, though. Like He's going to be on the football field on Sunday, right? Was that the player? I'm pretty sure that was him who Steve Rabel said was tough as a boiled owl. For those that don't know, what a you, phrase. You can go check that interview out on our website, WFNZ.com, Weston Walker tab. We had the Seattle Seahawks play-by-play announcer, Steve Rabel, who said, I guess it was Jaron Reed. He said Jaron Reed was as tough as a boiled owl, which we got to look that up. I tried to, and I'm doing it right now, and I tried to yesterday because I happen to really like owls. I do, too. Yeah, they're a cool. hoot. I like it. Damn I, I like it. That's good. The first like phrase it. that comes up, though, is drunk as a boiled owl. <laughs> I like that better, though. Drunk as a boiled owl. I just don't know. I guess you're tough if you're a boiled owl and, owl and you live to tell about it. I can't wait till Eric Collins works that into his lexicon during this upcoming Hornet season. He's got something crazier than that. So I see here it says, where did the phrase boiled as an owl come from? And he said, although it sounds unappetizing, the phrase has a fascinating story. 18th century owls were associated with drunkenness and often invoked in the phrase drunk as an owl. So boiled, tough as a boiled owl. He just put a different spin on it. I respect it. (laughs) Hey, if you're a play-by-play announcer, then you got to find your thing. Willie found his thing by sounding like Mickey Mouse, and that went viral. Steve Rabel found his thing by saying boiled owls, and they're tough. So I respect it. Let's go to the what. What if Andy Dalton plays well, Wes? Mm. What if Andy Dalton plays well against Seattle? What will happen then? Well, you will have a lot of these fans who were saying yesterday, and we've started to get those that pop up. Already saying that Bryce is not the guy, 
that Bryce uh, either should be sitting or they shouldn't have drafted him in the first place. And a lot of people will feel validated in that Andy Dalton giving the Panthers a better chance to win. Then we'll have a quarterback controversy because then people will start to bring it to the table again. And, hey, this team has a chance. You're not that far out of the division already, if especially if they win the game. And they're like, oh, you're not out of the division. And a couple of division teams take losses. They're going to be like, you got to stick with Andy Dalton because it gives us the best chance. So I think it would just turn into a real mess, uh, a real quarterback controversy, and just something I, I just don't think that the Panthers need. Obviously, they need to win. Obviously, they would want Andy Dalton to play well. But what it would mean if those things happen, it would definitely turn into a mess. Some people have wondered if the offense would look different with Andy Dalton out there at quarterback. Thomas Brown addressed that during his media availability. Here's what he had to say. The difference would end up being just with him being an experienced quarterback, uh, having a ton of reps. I've been playing this opponent before in the past. I may be giving him some more insight onto what he likes to be called in the game when it comes to some of the drawback pass game, play action pass from that inventory standpoint. But we'll keep the, the core of our offense together. What do you think of those comments? You think there is going to be any difference? We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but the difference might be that Seattle's defense isn't as good as the first two defenses that Carolina has played. That um, might be the difference. And then even if they run similar stuff, you might be more successful because of all the injuries. By the way, I mean, Tariq Woolen, him battling an injury right and now. And Jamal Adams will be back this week. Big deal. So, yeah, Jamal Adams, if he's back, that hurts the Panthers. But Tariq Woolen, um, very talented corner. Yeah, it might just be that Seattle's defense, th this was a potential get-right game for Bryce. And potentially, it could have <laughs> been that. But it certainly was a better opportunity for Bryce than what the Saints defense presented. And mm -hmm. so that that's the what-if for me is it doesn't matter. If they lose, criticism for the Panthers. If they win, criticism for the Panthers. I th This is going to be a no-win situation, in my opinion, from the fan base because all hell is going to break loose either way. Yeah, I think that the offense is not going to change much. Andy Dalton at his core is a drop-back passer, so I don't see where the offense would change much at all. You know where Andy Dalton's going to be. We're not talking about Michael Vick here, a guy that's going to be running all over the field and causing a lot of ruckus. Andy Dalton is a statuesque drop-back passer. He's got a little bit of athleticism, but for the most part, if you're a pass rusher, you know where to find him. If you rush correctly, he's going to be back there on his spot. So let's go to the where. Where will we see the biggest offensive improvement from the Carolina Panthers in this game? Some people are saying it's quarterback with Andy Dalton coming in. Some people might look to the wide receivers with some banged up secondary members with Seattle. What say you, Wes? Where is going to be the bit? Where are we going to see the biggest offensive improvement? Uh, I think I'm going to go with offensive line. I think this is a team that they ran the ball fairly effectively uh, against Atlanta, and so I think that when you look at this unit. And I told you about the stat about Bryce Young is up among the top in the league as far as pocket time, around 2.8 seconds he gets to throw the football. And so I think that when you look at this Seattle defense, especially with the injuries that you talked about, uh, this is the defense that looks like they will have some holes in it. And I think that uh, this team is certainly going to try to run the football. And this Seattle defense, I mean, nobody is exactly terrified of this crew and what they could bring to the table. They're almost dead last in the NFL when you talk about 31st in yards allowed per game, mm -hmm. uh, 422 to be exact. And so uh, I think this is where the offensive line could make their bones and have uh, a really good game. 
So some people have, have talked about Seattle and their improvement in the run game. They were a bad running defense last year, and Carolina exploited that all over. And you look at them only allowing 97 yards per game in the first two contests. You also have to look at their two opponents. You're looking at the Rams. <laughs> they just traded the running back that played a significant amount of snaps in Cam Akers in that first game against Seattle. Matthew Stafford looks very different from what he looked like last year when a lot of people were guessing he was hurt. And then you go to Detroit. Detroit isn't running the ball a ton. Now, you might think, yeah, they ran it a lot with David Montgomery. Remember, he got hurt in this game. And Jameer Gibbs is not somebody that they're using a lot in between the tackles. They're trying to get him out in space. They're using him in the passing game. My point is they haven't faced running teams yet. Carolina, at their identity, is going to be a running team. I agree with you. I think the offensive line is going to perform better in this game. I think they're going to run block a lot better than what they did against New Orleans. And there's not a pass rusher that I am extremely fearful of in this on the Seattle line. You know, against New Orleans, yeah, you had a good front. Even against Atlanta, Grady Jarrett, he's been the one constant that you had to fear on that defensive line, and he got help both in the secondary and up front alongside him. This Seattle defensive front, I'm not buying in. Only 97 yards per game rushing allowed. Those are against two teams that are not running it a lot. Only two not their sacks. Strong suit. Yep. Only two sacks so far in the season. Th- this You talk about a get-right game. Wes, if the offensive line doesn't perform well against Seattle, that's going to be a bad sign. There are excuses to cling to now. Hey, the offensive line will figure it out because of what they went against the first two weeks. But if they don't perform well against Seattle, all the excuses fly off the window or out the window, right? Like it's it's going to be bad. Let's go to win. When is the right time to lose confidence in this coaching staff that we praised so much this offseason? I'm guessing we're going to get a flood of text saying now is the time. <laughs> Are those people right, Wes? Woo! Um, well, see, it's a little bit skewed because you got a lot of people that believe in the defensive staff because of the way the defense has been playing. So I think they, they kind of like to cut this pie in half. I think the offensive staff, I think it's this game. I think with all the accolades, and there are a lot of smart fans out there who do their research, but with everything we just give gave you, the two sacks, 31st in total defense. This is not a defense that should scare anybody. And so I think at this point, if the offense comes out with Andy Dalton now and you get to see what this offense looks like with two different quarterbacks and it's still not a good-looking unit, then I think this is where the fans are really going to start to get off of the train because, I mean, 31st-ranked defense and you come out and score less than 17 Nest them 20, to be frank. A defense this bad, you should score at least 20 points. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you score less than 20, man. Abandon ship. Word to Buster Rhymes and uh, Rampage, the last boy. <laughs> uh, Coward <laughs> said on the text line, midway through next year is my parameters for faith. All right. Got a lot. You know, midway through next year. That's, that's a patient man. That's very different from you saying this game. Some people are saying I'm now. just saying I think this no, game the fans will. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Uh, and yeah, we have a couple of uh, different texts talking about the time frame here. This one's tough for me. I'm with you on Seattle, but also, you know, Minnesota, because you're you're changing quarterbacks again, right? Yeah. So, okay, you've got Andy Dalton coming in. I still want the offense to perform better. I've always asked for this team to be a second half team because it's been so long since we got it until last year. I want that trend to continue. I want this to be, I'd love to be a both half team. That'd be great. But I really want to finish stronger in the second half than where we started. And that hadn't happened until Steve Wilkes takes over and does a great job. A lot of people still want him here. So if you're looking at, 
okay, you get past the Vikings, the Lions, the Dolphins. The Dolphins are going to be a real tough matchup. But then Texans, Colts, Bears. If you don't get right in that three-game stretch, that's going to be really bad. That's three games in a row. And that is smack dab. Like you are transitioning to the second half of the schedule at that point until you have the Cowboys right after that. To me, Wes, because I I can't just forget about, you know, Jim Caldwell, Dom Capers. I can't forget. Frank Reich has been a good coach in this league. We've seen it before. It's not the play calling's not great right now. The personnel, I think, is that's why a lot of the pressure is on Scott Fitterer, right? Like you have Injuries on the offensive line that make this offense, to me, not look very good. And you didn't put enough help around him with the wide receiver. So for me, maybe it's the point where we have a little less faith in the front office, more so than we do the coaching staff right now. And then if we get to the midpoint way of the season, you're facing other bad teams. I think that's where I start to lose my faith in this collective group of guys coming together and do, doing what's best for the team? Uh, me personally, I would say a full season. I'd say if if next year things don't look better, that's when I get off the boat. But Cowherd, I'm sorry, man. They're not going to get two off seasons to ramp this up. You don't think so? No, I don't think they get. Oh! Breaking news from Josh Fitty Marlowe. Cheeseburger day. What you got? Part two. I was just going to make it officially official. Bryce Young did not practice today, and he's officially ruled out for official. Sunday's game at Seattle. All right. Official the, tissue. Uh, doesn't change much of the conversation around here. We were operating as if he was not going to play, but now it's official. Bryce Young, for those just joining us, officially ruled out for this game against Seattle. He will not be partaking this weekend. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Let's bring in Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, and the Cover 3 pod. He's with us every Friday in the 3 o'clock hour, and he's back with us again on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Chippy Chip, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm here to introduce some positivity to Panthers fans everywhere because Saturday is going to be the day where you can feel good about football. Really? Why is that? Six games between ranked teams for the first time since 2006 for a September Saturday. Eight games between undefeated teams. I I can give you a second option and a third option that you got to keep your eye on in basically all three windows. Like I I kind of think that this is the day that uh, you know you can just sort of lean in, uh, especially with the Wolfpack playing on Friday, the Tar Heels on the road. Um, so this is a Duke on the road as well. This is a good chance to be able to just sit back and, and soak in a, a good Saturday of football before things get sad in the big national window on CBS, America's most watched network, the network of stars, on Saturday, Sunday afternoon. Okay, I like it. I like it. Let's start with tonight. NC State, Brendan Armstrong facing his old team in Virginia, Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, 730 tonight. Uh, Virginia's, I think, bad, bad. And NC State still kind of figuring things out. Could be an emotional night for Armstrong and Scott Stadium. What are we expecting here? I think that NC State's seemingly low ceiling offensively has uh, created a situation where 
you acknowledge that's a good football team. You, you mentioned your analysis of Virginia. I do not disagree at all. Uh, it's just going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough for NC State uh, every single Saturday once, now that we're into conference competition just because there's not a lot of explosiveness. Um, and, again, they just haven't been able to get into a high gear offensively. That's where you're glad that Brandon Armstrong is effective enough. Uh, he's, he's an unafraid runner, and you hope that he's able to go and make the plays that you need to be able to win the game. You know, Defense, obviously, really, really strong. But, again, it, when you don't have that high gear offensively, when you have a little bit of a lower offensive ceiling, Every single game is going to be tough, and I expect they'll win against Virginia. But, again, when you're not able to light it up and put a bunch of points on the scoreboard, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a sweat pretty much every time out. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, I, tonight should tell us this, this would be a good win for NC State, a building block towards something better, and you know we'll see if they get it. Now, uh, by the time we wake up tomorrow you know, and, and the college game day gets rolling, it'll be right around the corner from Florida State at Clemson. Um, it's a big game. And so it feels like it probably shouldn't be at noon, but it is on ABC. Fourth-ranked Florida State in Death Valley. Clemson unranked. My gut tells me, Chip, and I said this yesterday, that Florida State not only wins but takes out some real frustration on Clemson tomorrow. Others think I'm crazy and that Clemson's got a chip on their shoulder after being unranked this week. Where does Chip Patterson fall? I would not be surprised if Clemson wins the football game. My official pick uh, on CBSSports.com is that Florida State wins. And, again, I don't think that is with the most amount of confidence, and here's why. Uh, What I've seen from the last six quarters of Clemson football, uh, even though the competition was Charleston Southern and FAU, but it's more about who was showing up. Um, Defensively, you see some of those true freshmen really flash. They're getting after it. They're creating havoc. And I think that that's where we're going to see Florida State really challenged because, they're going to try to really make life difficult on Jordan Travis. And if he turns the ball over, then things can be problematic. I think the scoreboard lied when it came to Clemson FAU because Clemson got a lot of short fields. And they were able to, you know, granted, cash in on those short fields with touchdowns, but we still have not seen this Clemson offense consistently yet this season, you know, march 75, 80 yards down the field over and over again. It's just not something that they have as a good skill, but tenacious defense, creating turnovers, um, and enough explosiveness that I do think you're, you've got the chance that Clemson can ride. What I think is, whether it's noon, 3.30, or 8, one of the best home field advantages in the ACC. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I am kind of looking at this thinking that uh, this is one of the big games for Dabo Sweeney. And I, I think Clemson will come out inspired. Now, that said, they are down key skill, play, key skill players, especially at the wide receiver position. Uh, Florida State's high end with Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson is better than Clemson's high end. So if it becomes a shootout, I trust Florida State more. But, like, Florida State at Clemson, like, don't play with your food and all of a sudden get drugged deep down into a defensive battle because that's exactly the kind of battle Clemson can win. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, the Cover 3 podcast. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. He's on Twitter, by the way, at Chip underscore Patterson. Um, I I don't mean to skip across the rest of the ACC, but there are some really juicy national storylines I want to get to. So let me ask you this. Tomorrow night, North Carolina 3-0, number 17 in the country, primetime on the ACC network. They go to Pitt, uh, where the Panthers have been struggling. 
And I believe, Chip, correct me if I'm wrong, Carolina's got a chance to go 4-0 and for the first time since 1997 and for just the second time since 1983. They are the better team going into Pittsburgh. Do they go 4-0 and tomorrow night, or is this a bit of a trap spot? What do you think? I do think they go 4-0. and I also agree that it's a trap spot. I would expect that um, Pitt is going to do a lot of things to make life very, very difficult on Drake May uh, because the defense in some of these you know, horrifying losses in back-to-back weeks to Cincinnati and West Virginia. The defense has done its part. Um, they're just getting absolutely hung out to dry by Phil Dracovic, an offensive line that can't block, and an offense in general that just cannot move the football. So, you know, when you think about the strength on strength, weakness on weakness, you know, that's where I think North Carolina gets brought down to Pitt's level a little bit more just because its strength, the Panthers, it goes exactly against the Tar Heel strength. So what is North Carolina's defense going to do? Because we've seen Cincinnati and West Virginia absolutely light up uh, Phil Dracovic getting into the backfield, causing pressure. Do we see uh, you know what we saw from that South Carolina game again, or has it been you know somewhat of the regression? I, I do think that we've seen year two Gene Chizik defense. They have adopted the the bend but don't break, timely stop, sort of that different attitude of you know trying to be able to create even on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they are going to need that because uh, you do not want to get to the fourth quarter of a close game when you've got so much more power on offense uh, than your opponent. The best thing to do would be to try to put this away early and ride a Marion Hampton in the ground game to uh, to get out of there for it now. 3.30 ABC, number 19, visiting number 10 in Eugene. It's Colorado versus Oregon. It's uh, Dion versus Dan Lanning. It's uh, a lot. And it's certainly after the comments were made by Lanning a couple of weeks ago about um, the lack of contribution from Colorado in the conference, this one should be even more spicy. What are we thinking here? I'm curious to see – I think Oregon will win. I think that Bo Nix will have a tremendous performance. Uh, we're talking about somebody in Bo Nix that between Auburn and Oregon, he has 26 starts uh, as a home quarterback. In those 26 starts, he has 63 total touchdowns and just three interceptions. A 63-3 to three turn, uh, <laughs> touchdown-interception ratio in home games ain't bad. I think he's going to be phenomenal especially against the Colorado defense that gives up a lot of big plays. But I'm kind of handicapping the other side for both teams, Uh, this being Shadur Sanders going up against an Oregon defense that I think can be had, and also that Oregon defense, which I don't have very high expectations for. But if the Ducks really want to be up there in the college football playoff conversation, then you're in a conference that has Michael Penix and Caleb Williams, then you're going to have to be able to go out there and get stops. So, you know, phenomenal challenge. For Oregon's defense, a team that does have playoff potential. And then for, for Colorado, you know, what does it mean for Shadur Sanders, who I think is definitely going to have the opportunity uh, to really continue to pile up the yards and the touchdowns, even if they come in garbage time. Chip Patterson, you're the best, brother. Enjoy these games tomorrow. We'll do it again next Friday. Sounds good. Y'all be well. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.